Hey guys, if you haven't heard of Anchor by Spotify, it's an easy way to make podcasts with everything you'll need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast and listen to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and even more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download Anchor, the app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Chapter 1. Homecoming. On a cold night outside of a small city, a strange light rips the night sky in half. Out of the rip walked what appeared to be a man. I am out at last, he yelled. He then looked to the nearby street sign. It read, Welcome to Angel Grove. The next day, two former heroes of this very town walked from the walked out of the airport. The former Red Power Ranger, Jason Lee Scott, and the former Yellow Power Ranger, Trini Lin Kwan. Man, it's good to be home, Jay says. That is very true, Trini adds. So, um, how do we get to Kim's place? Jason asked. Don't really know. She just said that someone would meet us here, Trini replied. Oh no, it's a monster, yelled someone from behind Jason and Trini. The two former heroes drop their bags and drop into a fighting stance. Ayah! Hold on. I know that voice, Trini says. Jason and Trini turn to see Kim laughing her butt off. You two really need to see your faces, she says. Kim, what are you doing here, Jason asks. Nice to see you again too, Jason, Kim sarcastically replies. The three walk to a hot pink convertible. Whoa, this has Kim's name all over it, Jason says. Kim opens her trunk and the two put their bags within. So, Kim, why are you back in Angel Grove, Trini asks. Kim pulled up her left pant leg to reveal a cast on her foot. Oh my gosh, what happened? Um, I broke my leg, Kim replied, getting into the car. Jason and Trini also jump in too. What about the Olympics, Jason asks. I'm not eligible anymore, Kim says very, in a very mundane voice. Jason and Trini exchange glances. You don't sound too broken up about that, Kim, Trini asks. I'm not. See, I found out that I like teaching it more than doing it. The three pull up to an old Victorian house. The house was newly painted with ten windows along the front of the house. Upon getting out of the car and walking up to the door, they could see... Two old hooks where a sign once hanged. Whoa, Jason exclaimed. Kim, what is this place? Trini asked. Oh, this is my grandma's halfway house, Kim replied. Whoa, Jason exclaims again. Kim smiles and opens the door into a huge front room with five blue Lazy Boy recliners and two tan long couches. This is nice, Kim, Trini says. Thank you, Trini. There are rooms upstairs. Why don't you both go put your bags down and um, get settled in? I'll get dinner started, Kim says. 
Jason and Trini nod their heads and walk upstairs. The bedrooms all look the same. One large king-size bed, one cedar dresser, an oak nightstand, and hanging on the wall was a flat-screen DVD TV. There was also walk-in closets as well. Jason and Trini put their stuff away and then walked back downstairs. The dining room, like the rest of the rooms in this house, was huge. There was a large marble table with ten chairs around it. In one of the chairs sits Kim. Jason and Trini join her. Kim hands them bowls of soup. It's clam chowder tonight, she says. Trini just smiles. Works for me, Jason adds. The three talk afterward like friends of old wood. Know what I don't get, Jason says. What's that, Jay? Kim asks. How it happened to be we all came back to Ansel Grove at the same time, Jason says with a grin. Yeah, I noticed that too. It does seem a little odd, right? Trini says. The three exchange glances once again and then head off to bed. As they slowly drift off to sleep, they all ponder what Jason had said. Once they had fallen asleep, they all thought they were going to get a good night's rest. Boy, were they wrong. Jason lay sleeping in his bed, tossing and turning. Within his dream, he is walking down a dark hallway. When he gets to the inn, there was a large stone door with a red suit of armor. Jason reaches out and touches it, and the suit seems to come to life. What the? Jason yells, jumping back. So, you have come to wake the dragon, have you? The man in the suit says. Whoa, I have no clue what you're talking about, Jason replied. The man draws his sword. I'm not fighting you, Jason adds. My name is Johan, and this is where you are wrong, Jason. You have come to fight. Johan yells, running towards Jason. Jason assumes a fighting stance. How do you know my name, Jason yells, backflipping away from Johan. Let's just say we're related in a way, Johan replied. Jason just stood there. Johan drew back his sword and ran at Jason. Jason backflipped again, causing Johan to miss. I'm not going to fight you, Jason says vehemently. The long store door... The long stone door that Johan was standing in front of opens to reveal a huge red dragon. Johan looks on with awe. Jason looks on with awe. Johan claims this moment to front kick Jason in the chest hard. Jason falls back and lands on his back. Johan points the sword at his throat. You lose, Johan said. Jason's eyes fall over to the dragon. If you are to have my power, you must try harder, the dragon says. At that moment, Jason awakes and sits up quickly. He grabs his chest in pain from where he had been kicked. What the... Have his power? What's going on here, Jason asks. Trini lay in her bed, stiff as a board, for in her dream, she was tied to a rock in the middle of a volcano. High above her, she could see what looked like a bird. Help me, she cried out to the bird-like thing. It begins to descend. Someone, please help me, she yells out again. Now the bird-shaped thing was before her, and she could see it was not a bird at all, but a beautiful horse with wings and a horn coming from its forehead. Trini examined the horse. My God, 
you're a pegacorn, Trini said. The pegacorn nods its head and bites the ropes to help Trini free. Trini gets to her feet and stands face to face with a pegacorn. How can I thank you, Trini asked. Come find me, Trini, said the pegacorn. Then Trini slowly awoke. She was dripping with sweat from the heat of the lava. Come find you. That was just a dream, right? Trini wipes the sweat from her brow. What's going on? In Kim's dream, we find her at the Olympics giving a killer show on the balance beam. She does three backflips, then inverts into a triple backflip landing perfectly. The crowd yells out her name and Tommy Oliver was there to give her the gold medal. Just as he went to hand it to her, the sky darkens and men dressed in all black jump out from everywhere. One grabbed Tommy and carts him off. The others start to attack Kim. She tries to fight them off, but their numbers just grow and grow and grow. Right before Kim was covered up in a dog pile, she saw a beautiful griffin. You must not have fear. Let it go if you're going to find me, the griffin said. Kim suddenly rolled out of, the, out of bed, which awoke her instantly. Foot! Okay, Kim said. Getting to her feet, she crawls back into bed. Kim could feel the pain and fear that the men in black gave her. Find you, Kim pondered. At 7 a.m., their alarms begin to go off. The three stumble out of bed and get dressed. They head downstairs and all meet in the front room. They all look like crap. They exchange looks with each other. So, it wasn't just me that had a bad dream, Kim asks. No, I would say by the look of all of us, it was everybody, Trine replied. Kim, what was in that clam chowder? Jason asks. Ultra Rangers is a fan fiction. It has no affiliation with Saban or Hasbro. No copyright infringement intended. Thank you for listening.